Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I am Pamela the Picky Bookworm, and I am so excited to bring a brand new guest here on the show this week. Her name is Tiffany Chacon. Um, she'll have to tell me if I pronounce She's nodding. I pronounced Yay. Yay. Um, I have her... Um, she had emailed me um, a couple of weeks ago to uh, review her new book, Jump, and um, you guys, you know, if you've listened to this podcast any time in the past two and a half years, you know that I don't actually accept free book copies. So um, I offered to do a book highlight instead and a happy birthday, you know, happy pub day type thing. And so we've talked a couple of times. She's super sweet and I cannot wait to get into the book chat. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get into it. Tiffany, how are you? I know we talked a little bit before we hit record, but you know, we'll tell all the listeners how you are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Pamela. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, it's been a morning <laughs> getting, getting to, uh, first, um, you know, getting all the technological stuff in place, of course, you know, three different computers want to, uh, not work for me. <laughs> so, um, I'm happy to see your face, hear your voice. Yes. I'm grateful to be here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm happy super happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. <coughs> Excuse me. Did not quite get rid of the frog in my throat. Oh no. <laughs> um I am I'm super excited to get into um the the world and the story of your book. Um but before we do, tell us just a little bit about you, kind of how you got started writing and, you know, just kind of what inspires you. Yeah, so I grew up, I mean, I'm, I've always been an avid reader. I devoured books as a kid. And, um, you know, I, I think if someone had asked me, you know, do you want to write a book or would you want to write a book? I probably would have said yes, but I didn't necessarily have an idea or have a story in my mind. Um, it wasn't until my early twenties that, um, I started going through, uh, some pretty intense chronic health issues that I started writing. I went from, you know, I grew up riding horses competitively. Um, I'm a national champion, you know, uh, Arabian horse, um, you know, rider. And I went from being a very healthy athletic person to slowly over time, this, you know, at the time, unknown illness, uh, essentially crippled me for a time where I, you know, started needing to walk with a cane. Um, some days I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I, I just had this really intense crippling pain in my joints. And, you know, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to figure it out and, a lot of times the treatments were worse than than the the problem itself and just in a lot of pain struggling a lot um and it was during that time you know i i quit school i quit working i i my life essentially ground to a halt and the only thing that i really could do was write And so I started to write. I started to 
write um, at the time a story about my grandfather's life, which my gra- my grandfather and, and my my great grandparents um, are from Ukraine, and uh, they they my great grandfather, uh, you know, was a a writer also, and he was writing against uh, Stalin and his you know policies. And he was arrested and sent to a concentration camp in um, in the Soviet Union in Siberia. And my great grandmother followed him. She was not arrested. She came voluntarily, and she worked as the accountant for the concentration camp. She was a highly educated woman, you know, very unusual for the time. And um, she they already had adult children you know, when she followed him to the camp. Um, And then they had an oopsie baby in the camp. My grandfather was born in the camp. Um, That's sweet and horrible. Like all of this. Isn't that incredible? So, you know, I grew up knowing this story, but it was during that time in my early 20s that I just really started thinking about it. Like, man, what? what kind of love would compel, you know, a woman to follow her significant other, her spouse all the way across, you know, into this literally the coldest habitable place on earth, Siberia. And, you know, she, she essentially worked for his freedom and they were released. um, And they escaped you know, got out of the Soviet Union. And as they were escaping, the German army was invading the Soviet Union. And they were caught by the German army and put in a concentration camp in Germany. And that's where my grandfather grew up. And he had, you know, just crazy stories about what it was like growing up in a concentration camp and some of the things that he went through, even post-war in Germany. But you know, I was always really fascinated by this story. And so, you know, I started kind of like putting emotions and feelings and kind of, you know, flesh on the bones of this story that I knew. And and that's what I started writing. And that really got me into uh, just the writing world. And I realized, I thought like, oh, I'll write this story and then I'll be done. You know, like I have one story in me. But once I started writing, it was like I caught the bug. You know, I... I, Isn't that just always the way? (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I just, I started writing more things and I eventually uh, applied to get my Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. And so I went to... The University of Tampa, uh, which is where I live now in in Tampa, and um, really, you know, learned how to own my craft and, uh, you know, met a lot of really great writers and and grew a lot as a writer. And I'll always be grateful for that time at at UT. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I started writing. Now, I will tell you that um, you know, at the time I felt like I couldn't do that story justice. And so it's, that is the, the story of my grandfather, my great grandmother, that it's that book that I'm always going to be writing, you know, eventually, you know, maybe it'll be done. But, um, that was the story that, that got me writing. Well, I, I hope you can publish it soon because it sounds fascinating. Um, I I have always been um, just fascinated is not quite the right word um, because it has like a a much better connotation. Interested, um, I guess would be another good word in, you know, just people's lives like through World War II and the concentration camps. And, you know, as a kid, I was, um, 
um, a huge fan of uh, Corey Ten Boom. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know who that is. Yeah. She, um, for the listeners who may not know who that is, she was a um, a young Jewish woman during World War II, and she, I believe, lived in either Austria or Germany, something like that. But she um, she was a, a Jewish woman, so technically she should have been in the concentration camps. But for a while, she was um, somehow able to just kind of stay away from all of that. And she would hide people in her home. And um, there was a, a book that she wrote that was called The Hiding Place. And it was about just the, you know, her journey through helping these people, um, you know, escape uh, the concentration camps. And then I do believe she ended up in one um, for a while herself, she ended up getting caught. Um, but you know, her story has always fascinated me and, you know, like Anne Frank has always been fascinating. I wrote my senior paper in high school on, um, the battle of the bulge, um, for world war II. Um, and I, my senior year, while I was writing this research paper for my senior English class, um, we actually had some um, guests come for our history classes who were um, men that had fought in World War II. And wow. so I um, I got to talk to them um, a bunch that day because there was um, one class period that I was an aide. I was a library aide. Um, on the day that they were there. And so um, they didn't have a class. So I got to sit and talk with them during that time. But then I got to come back during my history class um, and listen to them some more. And it was just, I mean, getting to talk to people who were actually there was, it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really hope that, that you get to publish that book at, at some point. It'll, you know, I know it'll probably be like a, a lifetime um, project. Uh, you might be like 85 by the time you publish. <laughs> but I do hope that you get to publish um, at some point because I, I would love to read that. That sounds just absolutely fascinating. So, um, okay. So... Thank you so much for for introducing yourself. Um, I I hear a lot um, from various authors that I have here on the podcast that got started writing during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you know it. You know the the most common thing that I hear is that authors got started, you know, they had always enjoyed telling stories and they had always enjoyed writing, but they didn't actually like start writing seriously until almost until something forced them to. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of people, it was the pandemic. And for you, it was, you know, some days not being able to get out of bed. And, you know, while some of those things aren't great and some of those things are are horrible things that I would never wish on somebody on the other hand I'm grateful that you guys were able to take those situations and use them for something beautiful and something that you can put out in the world um so while I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that and you know it sounds horrible. I would never wish it on anybody. Um, but I'm, I'm super grateful that you were able to, to take that and, and use it for, um, for storytelling. So real quick, I'm going to get you started talking and then I'm going to have to go kick my cat out. He's being curious. (laughs) And, um, I, I don't want to have to throw something at him and cause noise. So I'm going to get you started talking and then I'm going to go do that. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, your time of um, competitive horse jumping and how that kind of inspired uh, your book. Yeah, so I I can't remember a time in my life that I wasn't riding horses. <laughs> um, we, my whole family rides, my mom, my brothers, we grew up. <laughs> 
you know, having horses around horses. Uh, we started out with, with doing something called barrel racing. Uh, so, you know, we rode Western and my mom did team penning and, you know, things, things like that. Uh, and then we started, I started showing Arabians, uh, which is a, a type of horse breed, um, and we we did that circuit, and then uh, I did something called dressage, and then show jumping uh, as I got older. And we, my family's from South Florida, from Broward County and Fort Lauderdale area, and close by, uh, about an hour north of us, is a, a little town called Wellington. And Wellington is essentially the show jumping capital of the world. Uh, in the winter time in Florida, people come from literally all over the world to compete in Wellington, and there's you know a huge horse show there. And so, because we were so close to Wellington, we got to compete there regularly. Um, during the winter, there's a a 12 week long horse show uh, where we would go up every weekend and compete and um, that was such a big part of my life. You know, uh, obviously we owned horses, you know, had a barn in the backyard growing up, you know, every day we got home from school, we would go out and ride, take care of the horses. Uh, and then on the weekends, you know, it was filled with, you know, going to competitions and, uh, it was something that we did as a family, which was really special. Um, you know, we would, we would all go, all cheer each other on and, um, you know, help each other set jumps and tack up each other's horses. And, you know, just we were each other's support team. And that was really bonding for our family. It was, you know, the family business, if you will. My dad um, had had a, a literal business where he sold uh, hay and feed and barn supplies. And so he didn't ride horses, but he was still in the in the family business, you know? Um, and so that like riding horses, competing, that is something that it's, it's like in my DNA, you know? And honestly, when I started going through my illness where, you know, I went from you know, part of my identity is I'm a horse person. Like even, I don't know if you ever were on AOL Instant Messenger, but my screen name was Horse Girl 1217. Like that is, you know, who- So who funny I that you remember that. No, I was never yeah. actually on AOL, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that was a big part of my identity. And, um, you know, going from being an athlete on that level to- not was really challenging for me mentally, emotionally, and honestly, getting to write this book was really cathartic for me. And it, it brought me back to, to those moments, those competitive moments. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about writing. The beautiful thing about reading is that you get to experience something that you're not actually doing, right? Like you get exactly. to live another life through through the eyes of, of a book. And man, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the um, of the quote, a reader gets to live a thousand lives before he dies. Yeah. Um, once someone who doesn't read lives only one. Um, and I, I think that, you know, what you said is, you know, we get to live, you know, bookworms and readers and, you know, authors, um, you know, get to get to live all of these lives, you know, and authors especially get to, they don't just get to live this other life, but they get to bring someone along, mm -hmm. you know, they get to say, you know, Hey, come jump in my character's head for a little while. And, you know, let's, let's live a life together. And it's such an amazing work of art. You know, I, um, I don't know. Um, I know authors would for sure, um, but I don't know how many people outside of authors would call writing an art, but it is, you know, it's, it's very much an art and it requires 
skills and it requires talents that not everybody has. You know, I, you know, every once in a while you'll hear somebody say, oh yeah, my best friend, my brother, my, you know, neighbor's cousin's, you know, dog's mom, you know, whatever says, oh, I could write a book if I had the time. Mm, Then why don't you? Okay. Knock yourself out. It's a lot harder than it sounds. And, you know, so being able to create this work of art and bring somebody along um, is it's an incredible thing. And it's it's a beautiful thing when when authors are able to do that because it gives readers another life and another brain to jump into for a little while. And it's, it's so much fun. And I love it so much when I get to just jump in various heads and go visit various worlds that didn't exist three months ago or didn't exist two years ago. And um, it's, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's, it really is just a blast. Um, so what, what inspired you, um, through your, um, through your life as a horse jumper and, and all of that, what inspired you to turn that into a story like jump? That's a great question. I, so I started out, you know, after, after, trying to write my grandfather's story um, and kind of realizing, I don't know if I have all the tools I need to do this justice. I started writing um, sci-fi. I call it sci-fi light. Like, you know, it's not heavy sci-fi, you know, more on the side of like speculative fiction, but that's what I really uh, enjoy reading. And so that's what I was writing and I was pursuing traditional publishing. Like I, you know, wrote a few books, queried them, tried to get agents, you know, went to conferences and, you know, things like that, trying to go down that traditional path. And honestly, that was very demoralizing. And I got to a point in my career or lack of career where I was just, not sure that I could deal with any more rejection. And I got to this point where I was like, okay, I need to, I need to go back to what I know. You know, they say, write what you know. And obviously I know the horse world better than I know pretty much anything else. And so I just said, you know, let me test this out and see can I, can I write a horse book, you know? And I just decided, okay, over the weekend, I'm going to test this out and see how it goes. And I I think in one weekend, I wrote like 50 pages of this book. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I think, I think I got this in me. And so I started writing this, this book, and it just flowed out of me in a way that nothing else had before. And it actually was, was very healing for me as a writer who had a lot of rejections from the traditional publishing industry behind me because I realized as I was writing this book that I got to the point where I could say I don't need a publishing house or an agent to say this is good enough this you know, needs to be out there in the world. I got to the point where I felt like I can stand behind this book, you know, without, you know, that recognition, if you will, of the traditional publishing world. And I decided, you know, as I was writing this book, I'm not even gonna pursue traditional publishing because I, I felt like I didn't need that anymore, you know, and I felt like, man, this book needs to be in the hands of readers, no matter what. And um, that, that was a real change of mindset for me. And I think especially, you know, coming from the MFA community, where 
honestly, sometimes, you know, self-publishing is kind of looked down on, you know? It, yeah, it, it is looked down on and it's really sad, but that's whole conversation yeah, for another time. That is a whole conversation. <laughs> yes. Probably about 10 conversations. Probably. Um, yeah. I could get like 20 authors on here and we could all just yes. have a panel on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, I think I needed this book to realize that I, I didn't, I didn't need um, the traditional publishing community behind me to feel good about what I had written and, you know, who I was as, as who I am as a writer. And that was very healing for me and getting to release this book and, and really saying, I believe in myself, which is in a lot of ways, the, the theme and the story behind the novel itself, Jump you know, taking that leap of faith, you know, making that jump. And in, in many ways, I was writing that message to myself, you know, as a, as a writer and, and to others, you know, it is a message that I, that I, I want readers to, to hear and take to heart for sure. So, um, I um, I will link to the um, the highlight that I have on my website um, of your book, um, but I just real quick wanted to um, give a, a quick little synopsis uh, for listeners. It's um, Jump is about a young woman who her sister was um, injured severely um, in a jumping accident, I believe. And ended up paralyzed, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And um, it it made the main character cannot remember her name, um, but <laughs> made um, it made her just terrified to to jump again. And so the the book is just kind of her her journey from um, fear to confidence. I guess would be. Um, would be a good way to to put it. Um, I believe it, there's a little bit of romance in the book, um, but it, you know, it seems to me, I have not had a chance to read it yet. I swear I'm going to, um, but it seems to be just kind of a, a very sweet story um, of, you know, just a young woman's journey. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the main character's name is Mila. And Thank you. I was thinking <laughs> Alex for some reason. I, you know, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to embarrass myself any more than I already had. So Alex is the love interest. So you're close. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mila, Mila's, you know, she kind of is going through, I think, a form of PTSD after, you know, having watched her sister go through this tragic accident and, and having to still, you know, get back on the horse, if you will. And, you know, I think that's, that's really the message of jump is that, you know, life hurts, pain happens, you know, tragedy happens, but we get to decide what we do with that hardship. You know, we can let it cripple us or we can, keep pursuing our dreams and make that that jump that leap of faith yeah so have you ever um seen the movie i don't know if you're old enough to remember um wild hearts can't be broken yes uh, yes I love that movie so much i you were sitting there talking about um your book and like overcoming hardship and i'm like that's that movie like in a nutshell, it's yes. um, for for any of the listeners who might not be familiar um, in the, um, I believe it was like the 40s and 50s, maybe 60s, um, there was a, uh, a carnival show that was um, going around the, the United States, I believe, that it was a, a horse would run up a ramp and the rider would get on the horse while the horse was moving. And then the horse would jump off this 30 foot um, 
bored, I guess, into a tank of water. And it was, um, I, I want to call it horse jumping, but that's not quite, um, not quite what it is. And the main character, she was, um, like the star of this particular show and ended up, um, having a tragic accident and went blind and was, um, her husband manager, the MC of the show, um, was, you know, told her she was never going to jump again. And she absolutely refused to accept that. And she did what she could to get her eyesight back, was unable to get her eyesight back. Um, and here's where a little bit of um, spoiler comes in. So sorry. I hope you forget this. But, <laughs> but she um, and I honestly not even sure if you can find the movie anywhere. I would have to look for it. But she trains herself and her horse helps train her like her horse was her horse. Like she yeah. raised it from a calf a colt, excuse me, colt. And um she she was able to train herself to do it blind and ended up um and it it's based on a true story and she ended up um continuing to travel with the show for like years and the um the audience never knew she was blind um and it's you know as you were talking about your book that movie just kind of popped into my head because, you know, one, it's about horses two, it's a beautiful story. Um, and three, it's, you know, another one of those like overcoming hardship type stories. Um, so it sounds to me like if you are old enough to remember wild hearts can't be broken and you loved wild hearts can't be broken, you will probably enjoy jump. Um, yeah, that just kind of, <laughs> kind of what it seems to me. So, um, I am super excited for, uh, people to go and check it out. I will be sure to link it in the show notes for everybody, as well as link to my highlight, um, for everyone. Um, okay. So we've got about 30 minutes left or so. Um, do you have, um, I know you said earlier that you are a huge bookworm yourself. Do you have any book recommendations for our listeners that you want to talk about? Yeah. we love indie. So if they're indie, all the better. Ooh. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I just finished reading, this is not an indie book, but, um, I just finished reading Emily St. John Mandel's. Uh, sea of Tranquility. Uh, that is a kind of speculative fiction. Um, really, really interesting book that takes place uh, basically in three, three or four different centuries. She like hops time from, you know, three different stories. And then there's this time traveler in the like 20, 300s or something who then connects all of them and it's really fascinating um you know really beautifully written story the ending is it has a has a little twist a little surprise that was really well done but i i'm a fan of emily st john mandel's like she she wrote uh station 11 which was another really interesting but very different kind of feel um as far as speculative fiction um so that's when I just finished reading that I I love um can you well can you I'm sorry can you spell the author's name for me real quick yeah so it's Emily and then Saint it's like you know S-T uh John J-O-H-N and then Mandel is M-A-N-D-E-L Okay. I want to make sure I can get these in the show notes for everybody. So, and yeah. I want to remember so that I can go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> and then as far as like, you know, indie authors, I, um, I've been finding a lot of 
um, other horse related indie authors in the community, which has been really, really cool, really fun. Um, so there's, there's another indie author, Natalie Keller Reinhardt. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, um, but I, I can spell it for you. Um, I, I'll be, I should be able to, yeah, I should be able to find her for that one. Yeah. So she, she has several series, um, you know, that, that she, she has um, all about horses. And the thing that I appreciate as a horse person you know, about horse books is just when someone is authentically writing. Um, I will say that is something that has been a challenge for me as a reader in the past. You know, when I've read books with horses in them, you know, it's usually very apparent that this person hasn't ridden a horse or doesn't know that much about a horse. And so, you know, as, as a horse person, you want, you want that authentic experience and you know, oftentimes not not getting it um, is hard. But but Natalie Keller Reiner, she she is like a legit horse person, and and she has a ton of a ton of uh, horse books and series out there. She has one called The Hidden Horses of New York, and uh, that's a a very um, beautiful, you know, just like lovely read it sounds like a mystery is that a mystery yeah it is it like um you know weaves together different um different people different it, it's yeah yeah okay <laughs> um okay so what other than speculative fiction what are some of your favorite genres I'm trying to think of some books that I can um, recommend to you, but I'm like, I haven't read like any horse books, oh, yeah. like at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> other, other than people writing them occasionally in my fantasy books, I no clues. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say I'm a huge, um, you know, like I said, because of what I said earlier, I've actually stayed away from horse books because I'm like, ah. Eh. You know, like I've had so many bad experiences of yeah. reading them, you know. But um, honestly, I'm very much a mood reader, you know. So it, it, I will read almost any genre, you know, uh, depending on what I'm in the mood for. Um, I, I mean, I love fantasy. I love pretty much anything that has a thread of romance in it. You know, I, I love that. Um, I, I read a lot of young adult, you know, that's the genre that I've written in, um, in the past. Um, and so I read widely in, in that genre, um, as far as like, I'll read contemporary, I'll read fantasy, I'll read sci-fi. Um, you know, I, I'm, still a sucker for a good dystopian novel I know like that that era you know came and went and I'm like can we can we have a resurgence of of this more dystopian books yeah um okay so I I'm so glad you said two things that you said um one is that you're a sucker for a good romance so automatically two books came to mind um in um and it's they're they're very sweet stories, uh, like I imagine Jump is, and they are um, they're written by my friend Elizabeth Holland. She is an indie author, and the first um, it's two books um, with the same characters and in the same town. And the first one is called The Vintage Bookshop of Memories by Elizabeth Holland. Um, and then the second book is Christmas at the Vintage Bookshop of Memories. Mm. And they, they're very, um, I think, I think book one I read in like two hours. It's like very, oh, wow. very quick. Yeah, very quick, yeah. very easy read. But they're very sweet stories. Um, mm. Like the, the first one, the, the main character is, um, her name is Prue. And her grandmother 
is like the matriarch of this tiny little town and of Ivy Hatch. And um, when her grandmother dies, Prue is expected to move to Ivy Hatch and like take over her grandmother's duties as matriarch, which Mm. basically means she is now the entire town's landlord. Her family owns all of the property. And because of that, um, they, they don't like her much. They don't like her Mm. family much. Um, they just want to be like out from under the thumb of this family. And so, you know, while Prue is trying to just kind of gain the respect of the townspeople, she comes across this empty, decrepit bookshop called the Vintage Bookshop of Memories. Mm. And she finds out that her mom ran this bookshop. And so when her mom died, the bookshop just kind of, you know, disappeared. It just kind of, it closed, Mm. but they left all of the books. And so she decides that she is going to reopen this this bookshop of the Vintage Bookshop of Memories. And so it's um, it's a very sweet story. It's a very, um, very quick, very easy read. Um, I In my book review that I wrote on my website, I had to make sure that I clarified when I say it's a quick, easy read, that is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I promise that is a compliment because sometimes you just want that palate cleanser, you know. And so both of those books, they're, um, I don't believe they're very expensive. I bought mine on Kindle, I think. And um, they're very, very sweet stories. Um, so you should definitely check those out. There is a tad bit of romance. So, um, I know that's what you said you enjoy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm and, here for it. <laughs> and then um, the other one, when you said that um, you want more dystopian fiction, um, the eight, I am so, Sabrina, I'm so sorry that I'm going to butcher this. A, a Eustus? Um, it's Latin for something, um, but that's the name of the series. And the first book is um, called The City, and um, it's A E S T U S. A E S T U S. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the I'm, first. I'm literally looking this up right now. <laughs> I, I just. I just thought the last one, like literally as we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and this is this is two books as well. And it's um, the city is book one, and then book two is the colony. And um, it's it's wonderful dystopian fiction. Like nice. it's so much fun. Um, book one is um, I I had a little bit of disconnect between um amazon and my reader um telling me how many pages because one said it was 695 pages the other one said it was 706 pages in book one so i have no clue um (laughs) but either way but either way it's um it's a really good read um lots of wonderful characters and it just kind of draws you into um, into that world. So that's the other one. And um, Sabrina, I'm so sorry um, that I probably butchered uh, the name of your series. Um, but it's it's Latin for something. And it was um, there was a very important reason why she chose that name uh, for her series. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember what it is now. <laughs> Um, but I do remember that it was there, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I just, um, I think despite the fact that total, you're looking at like 1100 between 1100 and 1200 pages, both books put together. Um, I think I read them both in less than a week. They're that they are hard to put Mm. down. Like I, um, I spent so much time reading um, because I just I had I 
had to. It's like, yeah, it's like crack almost. Yeah. So um, I love when books grab me like that, um, that, you know, you just, you can't put them down um, because you just have to know. Um, yeah. So there, um, there was one part of that book that I'm not, I'm not going to put any context or anything, but I, um, DM'd the author and, um, you know, I was like, I sincerely hope this choice is made. And, um, I, you know, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna put any other context to it at all whatsoever because it is a huge spoiler if I said anything more. But her answer was, ha, 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 ha. I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, I don't expect you to tell me. I'm just letting you know what I want to happen. Right. Um, and so <laughs> it's, you know, that's honestly one of my favorite parts about, you know, doing this podcast and being on Twitter and getting to know various authors is when I read their books I can shoot them a message or I can shoot them an email and, um, you know, talk about their, uh, books with them, you know? Yeah. And like my, my friend Gabe, um, I just recently, um, proofread a book for him. And at one point I messaged him and went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that was, that was all I had to say. And he knew exactly what I was talking yes. about. Um, and it's, it's so much fun for, for me to be able yes. to do that. So um, you can expect lots of emails and lots of messages from me uh, when I finally get to jump. <laughs> um, it, it sounds like one of those like palate cleanser type books, um, that, you know, when I get done reading one of my big chunky books, um, that I love, um, it sounds like one of those books that just kind of gets you over a book hangover or, um, you know, just gets you over a reading slump, you know, it just, it kind of sounds like one of those just lighthearted type stories, even though there is this big, huge tragedy, um, you know, Mila's sister, it, um, it just, it does. It sounds like it's just one of those, you know, light, light read books that you have to have in your collection, you know, especially mm -hmm. those of us who are mood readers, like, right, right. Um, you and I both, whenever you said you were a huge mood reader, I'm like, oh, kindred yes. spirits. <laughs> yes. Um, mood readers have my heart. They just do. Um, the, there was honestly, I had seen on Twitter a few weeks ago where somebody had tweeted out this book stack of like 10 or 12 books. Like, hey, I have my April reading figured out already. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I, I was so flabbergasted that there were people out there that plan their reading ahead of time yeah you, I'm sorry what right how, this is you're like a unicorn I don't know how to compute this so I I sent out a tweet saying okay I keep seeing this where people are like planning their reading right I have to know is this like a thing or is this person a unicorn? Because I have to know. And it turns out that person was a unicorn because almost everybody who replied was like, yeah, I don't plan what I'm having for dinner. I don't know how <laughs> I'm supposed to plan my reading. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I can't even, I mean, I can be in the middle of a series and suddenly start reading a whole brand new series. Because my mood for that series has changed. Mm, and, you right. know, I may or may not get back to it anytime soon. Yeah. But, you know, when your mood changes, your mood changes. And you just right. got to roll with it if you want to keep reading. Otherwise, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. what, speaking of reading slumps, what what is your favorite way to get out of one or get over a book hangover? 
Because oh. they happen. They're, they're a thing. It's so true. I know. I, yeah, that happens, especially I think in reading series, if you're, if you're in a really good series and you just can't let go of it, but it's over and it's done. That's really hard for me. And honestly, a lot of times I take a little break. (laughs) I mean, by a little break for me, that's like a day or two. (laughs) I'm the type of person when I finish a book, I move on to the next one, like within seconds or minutes, you know, but I think I have to, whenever that happens, I have to switch genres because it like, if, if it can't measure up to the series I just read, I'm going to be disappointed. So I have to switch gears or switch genres so that I don't have that let down. Um, But yeah, I think that's, that's hard. And um, you know, for me, I just, I, I will scroll through my library app, my, my, you know, Libby app and just look for a long time, you know, whatever sparks my mood. I, I have not found, I would love if this exists for some type of quiz where you can, you can fill out like, this is how I'm feeling right now. And they give you a book for how you're feeling, you know? Okay. Okay. So I, I have not talked about this very much, but you have given me an additional idea because I told my husband um, that we had been talking about um, potentially learning, like his learning how to like code apps, like phone apps. And potentially, this is not a promise, this is not a contract, <laughs> potentially um, creating like app games for like indie authors' books. And Um, but I told him, I was like, okay, so if you're going to learn how to code apps, I was like, the first one I want is a reading journal app for, for my people. Um, because I, I have one that I love and I have one that I use, but it doesn't quite do exactly what I want. Mm. And so I'm like, you know, if we're going to do this, then I want it to be like exactly what I want. And I want these particular options. So now, um, you're giving me ideas of something I can add to that. I can't promise (laughs) it'll be successful. Um, but I will say my husband is super smart. And if anybody can figure it out, it's him. Nice. So um, I will just have to figure out, um, like, I would say between seven and 10 moods. And right. then like 50 to 100 books each mood. So mm-hmm. that'd be like 500 to 1,000 books. That's going to be fun. We'll <laughs> We'll yeah, see about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, again, I make no promises, but <laughs> if anybody can do it, my husband can. Yes, I want um, a notification for that. I am. I will. Oh my I gosh. will for sure let you know. Um, but in the meantime, I got you hooked up. So if you're ever just in a mood and you don't know what to read, you can always message me on Skype and be like, "Hey, I need some book reps." Because um, yes. I will for sure hook you up. Um, I would say probably 99% of them will be indie, um, but they will always be worth it. So um, you can you can always do that. I have no problem um, hanging, handing out book recommendations for you. I love it. Um, I did real quick want to, um, while we were talking about book hangovers, I had um, two other books um, pop into my head. Um, to let you know that <clears throat> I had the worst, worst book hangover I have ever had from reading these two books. And they were, um, I was uh, proofreading. And, um, you know, as I'm proofreading, I read the book. Like, it's not, I'm not just like skimming through. I will actually like read the book. And 
this author, her name is Leah Talon. She got so many emails from me mm. <laughs> for this book, um, for both books, actually. Um, but they're fantasy. Um, and I will tell you, I know you're looking them up. I know you're you're getting ready to. But I'm going to tell you, don't read the blurb. If you're going to oh. buy it. If you're going to buy it, buy it blind um, because, oh, okay. because the, the things that caught me by surprise and the things that sucked me into the stories um, were things that she goes, I probably should have told you to read the blurb because it's in there. And I was mm. like, and I thought about it later and I'm like. I'm actually glad I didn't. I'm really mm. glad that I that those things caught me by surprise. So I will tell you, if you're going to buy them, buy them blind. Mm. Okay. Are we are we prepared for this? Okay. <laughs> book, book one is called Falling Through the Weaving. And book two is um, Dragons in the Weaving. All right. Um, so yeah, if you're going to buy them, buy them blind, read them blind, go in knowing almost nothing about the story. Um, you will, I promise you will have a much better experience. Well, I wouldn't say you would have a bad experience otherwise. Um, but you will, you will likely have an experience closer to mine. Um, if you do go in blind. Mm -hmm. How Um, do you spell, how do you spell her name? Uh, Leah as in princess Leia Mm -hmm. and Talon as in an Eagle's Talon. Nice. Um, and so now that I have given you more book recommendations, um, I, I fully expect emails on all of these books. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or Skype messages. <laughs> I am totally fine with that. Like you can like get on DM with me on Twitter and just DM back and forth. You will not spoil the books. I have read them all. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you are totally, totally welcome to do that any time. Um, I, and I will try not to answer with Sabrina's answer of ha 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 ha. Uh, <laughs> Cause that's really only something an author can do. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. So, um, now that I have increased your TBR, um, yeah. by six books and you've increased mine by however many um depends on how many that natalie reinhardt has written um <laughs> we have a couple minutes left and i want to make sure um that people know where they can find you online and come hang out yes thank you i so i'm on instagram facebook tiktok um my handle on all three is at Tiffany Noel Chacon, which my last name is spelled C-H-A-C-O-N. Um, and um, I, my website is the same as my handle, TiffanyNoelChacon.com. And, um, you know, my, my, my book jump and then the, the prequel novella is out now too. Uh, that one's called Off Course. And uh, they're on Amazon as well as Barnes and Noble. Um, I just found out last week that the audiobook was released. So <gasps> I'm very excited about that. So that's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, all of the <laughs> so much wherever fun. audiobooks can be found. So I, I'm very excited about that. Okay, and you are on Twitter. You're just not as active as you are on the other places, right? Right. On Twitter, I'm at Audacity to Write. Okay. That's my handle. So. Okay. Um, well, I will be, if you can email me the links to all of that, or at least mm-hmm. your handles, yeah. um, I will get all of those added to the show notes as well for everybody. Um, I will. I will probably be able to get this um posted um later today um and then the the web page um with the show notes and everything will be up tomorrow so um i wish i wish i could do it backwards um but i don't 
I don't always know what to put in the show notes until I get into the chat. So that's sure, right. you know, a thing. But um, I envy the podcasters who know in advance what they're going to talk about. Right. Um, that's never going to be me. Mm. Um, but I, I want to thank you so much um, for, for coming and chatting with me today um, after technological issues and morning health issues and, you know, just all of those things um, that uh, can just come and, you know, try to turn our days upside down. Um, yeah. I, I'm so glad that, that all, after all of that, you were able to come chat with me. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Pamela. This is this turned my day around for sure. This was very fun, and I'm I'm grateful. I could have this chat every weekend, <laughs> right? I see, and that's what I get to do. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, um, it's been an absolute blast, and I um, I'm gonna stop recording here in a second. But you are more than welcome to stay on while I get everything um, worked out. But I will talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye.